0: Hello, hello, and welcome back to another episode of Wine from On the Vine to the Road and Tasted. My name is Brian.
1: And I'm Jasmine.
0: Hello, Jasmine. Hi. And today we're going to go over a wine that is, oh, so delicious. It was so good. We've been, I have been, I don't know about Jasmine. I'm sure she has been too, but... We have been looking forward to this wine, and it did not disappoint, so we can't wait to go over this wine with you. Um, And I'll let Jasmine go over this wine with you, because I've been listening to our past podcasts, and I am not (laughs) very energetic, (laughs) and I am not a good speaker, (laughs) you know, so you are very interesting, you're very informative, your vocabulary is awesome. Yeah, so thank you. you're very welcome. So I, and I talk slow sometimes. Um, I was thinking about this today. I'm like, man, I'm slow. I'm just listening to myself. I'm like, man, people are gonna think that like I don't want to put anybody down anywhere, you know. Uh, but people are gonna think that you know I, I should be living with somewhere with assistance. <laughs> So you know, nothing wrong with that. I have that. I have a cousin in assisted living, and and he, you know, but so but it's just, um, man, sometimes I sound like I'm tired or something. Um,
1: well, we both work. Yeah. We both yeah. have our things we're doing throughout the day. Yeah. And we, the thing that we look forward to the most is getting this podcast oh, out there. This is, is something fun. that's a highlight for us. You yeah. know, this is. This is a, a passion that we share. So, yeah, that's I,
0: I really enjoy mm-hmm. it.
1: Maybe I too. Really
0: and, uh, but I, I, I was thinking today, I'm going to explain something to you guys that I have been going through speech therapy for, uh, over half my life, uh, 20 years of speech therapy, uh, probably, well, 17 years of speech therapy and, I have to think about every single word I have to say. If I don't, it comes out weird. It comes out, yeah, odd. So when I'm tired, I'll start talking slowly because if I don't, I don't speak right. So I, I have to be really careful. But, And I had a friend who came up to me, or actually went up to Jasmine and said... Uh, Brian needs to be a little bit more energetic. <laughs> <laughs> he sounds like he's going to go to sleep. Your friend, so, my brother. Yeah, yeah. One Your of my brother. brothers. One of my brothers. Your brothers are nice. They, they haven't beat uh, me up I or nothing love yet. my brothers. They haven't attempted to beat me up yeah. yet. So yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's well, gonna be,
1: that's, gonna be that's fun. a sister brother. Yeah. Brother protective services. Yeah,
0: it is. It is. But they did give me the, you know, they did say, you know, if you hurt Jasmine at all, we're going to come after you. you know, so. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. her job. That's I, no I mean, I think they meant that in the sweetest way they possible. Did. They're really just saying do. they
1: really love their sister. Yeah. And they really want to love the person she loves. So mm. there you
0: go. Yeah. So uh, for a couple months, we've been looking at this wine and I've been, re- I've been yeah, really... Yeah, we
1: learned about it when, like two or three months ago?
0: Yeah, about three months ago, we learned about it. Mm-hmm. I learned about it... Through um, through a broadcast that I listened to, and um, I I, I was I was very interested in it because I like to find, uh, or we I'm sorry, uh, both Jasmine and I, we'd like to find interesting wineries, interesting people,
1: unique um, stories, unique
0: stories. That's correct.
1: Something captivating. Yeah. This in, is a captivating story. It is. Wine that we're... It
0: is. It's very interesting, and uh, I, I think our listeners too are going to find it very, very interesting, and and they're going to find it. I, I don't know. Did sometimes we mentioned, you know,
1: did we mention who it was or what? We
0: haven't mentioned oh, it yet. Okay. But yeah, this is. Um, so I was in. I told Jasmine that she's going to go ahead and introduce it, but okay. I'll I'll probably give it up in just a minute. Um, yeah, this is from the McBride sisters. Um, I heard this on another podcast, it was on Armchair Expert, anytime he doesn't have an ad for one of his episodes, he likes to bring things up that's interesting, and so when I heard this, he brought it up really quickly, when I heard this, uh, I talked to Jasmine the next day, and I was like, um, uh, what is the McBride Sisters, you know, and, and she's like, I'm gonna do some uh, research on this, so, she, she did some, she did a lot of research, she's gonna go over that research with you guys today, um, into this broadcast, um, this podcast. Also, I'd like to g- delve into a little bit. Um, so we're going to go in, in, in the McBride, McBr- uh, Bride Sisters. Um, Jasmine's going to do a majority of the talking because I think that's what everybody wants. And then we're also going to talk a little bit about, about the Minnesota, uh, winemakers. Um, they had, uh, well, I'll go into it at the end of the episode, but yeah, a Minnesota winemakers had um, a bill or a a law that was removed, and it was for really good reasons. So we'll go into that again at the end of the podcast. I, I found that very interesting. Um, so uh, would you like to go into the McBride sisters and and tell us um, a little bit more about them?
1: Sure. Um, so this is the story of the McBride sisters. They, it's called the McBride sisters collection. Um, and the story actually is a reflection of these two sisters in their youth. Little did they know they were inspired. (laughs) Bride, stop drinking wine. Okay. All right. Stop enjoying the McBride sisters. (laughs) Um, It's a red blend that we uh, tasted. And moving back to my uh, comment, um, this is a reflection of the terroirs of their youth. So they didn't know they they didn't know of each other. Basically, one was growing up in Monterey, California. The other one was growing up in Marlboro, New Zealand. So two distinctive A.V.A.s of New World. And Robin uh, was actually... The the wines that she ended up growing up around, or the grapes that she grew up around, the terroir, was Monterey and Paso Robles. She got very familiar with Chardonnay, Merlot, Cabernet, those traditional, uh, beautiful grape varietals from California. Andrea's wines that she specialized in or the grape varietals that she specialized in were Sauvignon Blanc and sparkling Mm wines. And those are distinctive of Sauvignon Blanc, very distinctive. Everyone thinks of Sauvignon Blanc. Oh, New Zealand, Marlborough, New Zealand. And so that's, that's uh, where she, where her specialty comes in. So this is a story of vintners and sisters, two sisters, two continents, one passion. And they um the key to their success, I found after reading about them was the fact that they had a passion for the terroir in which they grew up in, so they didn't find each other until nineteen ninety nine that's when they their the road of wine led them to each other. they discovered they shared a passion for wine. They then began to travel to different regions around the world, mm-hmm. honing their skills, and thus the McBride Sisters collection was born.
0: Mm. Yeah,
1: so man. I found that was just a really awesome story because it's a unique one, just like you brought out earlier. It's something that sticks out. It's, it's a special story. It's a road that they're sharing with us their, their, their passion for what they do and their passion for all the things that they discovered later on that they had between each other. Mm -hmm. So they grew up on separate continents and their upbringing was actually, they mentioned in their article, their upbringing was very similar, Mm -hmm. um, that they, they could relate to each other and i like their style of wine um when you taste their wine it's their signature stands out as very old world with style and grace and new it's a new world panache or finesse Mm -hmm. so it's a beautiful wine this red blend was very complex it had a collective uh collective traits of of Personality, just different uh, characteristics going on that I really appreciated. It Mm -hmm. was a a very beautiful wine. Yeah, I loved it. You loved it too.
0: Yeah, I I did. And and another thing I found interesting about this winery too, or also, is um so not only are they uh, two women, they're also um uh, you know African American, but. Um, they're considered, you know, I I, I I hate to say this. Some sometimes they're African American, sometimes it's black. So I, I don't want to insult anybody, but they are the largest owned uh, vineyard owned specifically by an African American or a black a uh, uh, person. So that that's what I found very interesting about this. It was it was like um, I was listening to statistics about. Um, uh, you know, I, I'm not going to go into that because that's just that's just going to open up a whole whole bag of worms. But
1: well, basically, but... just to pick up on what you're talking about, mm-hmm. the title of their or the name of their bottles are called Black Girl Magic. Mm-hmm. Black Girl Magic Red Blend is this one we tried, mm-hmm. and the Black Girl Magic is a movement that was. Um, popularized by Kashawn Thompson in 2013. Oh, okay. And the concept was born as a way to celebrate the beauty, power, and resilience of black women. hmm So in essence, this title or representation of their, the name of their bottle is signifying the accomplishments of black women. hmm So it's a, it's, it's a, it's a very powerful, positive statement. It's, it is, it is. It, it's. You know, it's and a... it
0: was so good. <laughs> I, I can't yeah. get over how good this wine was. Well, let's and... go on to
1: talk about the, um, the differences in flavors and characteristics a little mm-hmm. bit. The
0: other thing is that we were talking about you can tell when people are in things for the money, and you can tell when people are in there for the, a passion. And these women, they have a passion for this wine because this wine is. I'm. I'm I, I'm blown away in how how good it is.
1: I, yeah, I really in, am. in fact, they they what their what their phrase or their their how would you say their motto about themselves is that they the story is proof of the bond that they that they share over a bottle of wine mm-hmm. and how that truth comes to life with every McBride sisters wine. Yeah. So when you go to taste. A wine that has that that essence or that that backbone or that mm-hmm. foundation, mm-hmm. it's it's quite a spectacular wine. It's it's, it's a story that just you know will will stay with you, will stick with you. It's it's not going to leave you. It's going to impress your mind, mm-hmm. and you're gonna ref, you're gonna want to share that um, in in a way that is going to bring this to someone's table because you Mm -hmm. love it so much, whether it be, uh, you know, something that you want to, um, invite people to, to share this like great red blend that you tried. Let Mm -hmm. me tell you the story about the McBride sisters. Yeah. There's, there's substance to it. There's meaning. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's what wine's all about.
0: It is. So not only do we have a good story, we have an excellent wine. And, uh, and uh, we, we just really enjoy sharing this with you. I probably put my foot in my mouth earlier, but, you know, people get mad at me. They're going to get mad at me or whatever. But, um, yeah, I just, I, I really appreciate the fact that we got to taste this. And, and again, I was, uh, so when we first poured it out, or when I first poured it out, um, I, I smelled it. Just poured it in the decanter? Yeah, I poured it into or the decanter. The no, I poured it in the decanter. And
1: Well, first we chilled the wine for only 20 minutes for about
0: 20 minutes we took it out brought it to room temperature um then we decantered it
1: 20 minutes chilled 15 mm-hmm. minutes brought up to room temperature yeah yeah
0: Decanted it and then we did de- and we i decantered it and the first room that came out heavy in spices i could smell acidity in there and i got worried I got worried for a second. I'm like, oh, the I was... The
1: acidity was still tight. Yeah. The personality wasn't uh, letting you know what it was going to be. It was yeah. going to be like and I got worried Little for a minute. Know?
0: I'm like, I really want this to work. I want this to be so good. Because <laughs> I've been looking forward to this wine for a long time, ever since you showed it to me in the store. So, um, so as soon as... Uh, so I let it... Uh, we let it sit for about 15 minutes, uh, 10 to 15 minutes. And poured it out and... So Jasmine was doing something. I took a sip without, you know, <laughs> did. Oh, I was I went so happy. Yeah, yeah. She. You went for a run. I was so happy when I took that sip. Right. I'm like, okay, this is gonna be excellent. This is gonna be great. Yeah. Um, and uh, uh, I'll go into a couple of tastes that I or smells that I took from the wine, and then you can listen to the expert. You can listen to uh, Jasmine for a little while. Um, but so when I first smelled this wine. After it decanted, um, for about 10 to 15 minutes, and again, we chilled for 20, let it sit for about 15, bring it up to warm uh, to room temperature, I decanted it. Um, I got the smell of something called myoglobin. And myoglobin is that red, it's like a red liquid that comes out of a... a a nice steak. People think it's blood, but it's not. It's 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 myoglobin. After it's cooked. And it's rusted. That's right. The juices
1: of the meat come out. So the
0: juices come out and that smell from from the meat, it's not a meat smell. It's a myoglobin smell. So that's one of the first smells I got from that. And then I smelled cherries. I've never eaten a dark cherry before, so I don't know what they smell like, but I do know what... um, a red uh, cherry smells like. I do know what, um, yeah, what that smells like. So I just said it smells like cherries, but a majority of what I got, the first time I smelled, I, I, what I pictured in my brain immediately was that red fluid coming out of a steak. And, and my, yeah, it's a
1: very, uh, yeah, honed in sensory that you're the aromatic that you smelled is, It's not something that everyone might be able to relate to, especially Mm -hmm. people that don't eat red meat. Mm -hmm. So it's centralized on something that you know, yeah, which is interesting. That it is very fascinating how our minds, our brains, do that. They pull out memories of taste and smell Mm -hmm. and aromatic and oiliness, fattiness whatever the characteristic is Mm -hmm. that's what our minds do when we're tasting wine because wine is a food really yeah it is it's made from grapes yeah it is it's a food we drink it so we sure do Mm
0: -hmm. we drink our food here man yes we do we love drinking our food we love drinking our food yeah fantastic and then um and then on upon the taste um, I let it sit in my mouth for like two or three seconds. and Which is
1: a very good point to bring out. Because yeah. when you go to taste wine, you don't just want to drink it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You, you swirl the glass. You swirl it another time. Mm-hmm. You smell it. You swirl it again. You smell it. Then you go to taste it. Mm-hmm. And you let it sit on your palate. Mm-hmm. You said for what? What did you
0: do? Uh, it was probably a two. It was probably a, a two seconds. Yeah. I let it sit in a few there. Two seconds. You and let then, it. Kind and of. Yeah, I did. And then I I brought in a little bit of oxygen, you know. Just I I held you can the. Go... Yeah. 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 I, I in case you can't see what we're doing, which you yeah. can't, you know. You kind of like puck your, your lips, lips like sucker. you're gonna whistle. Yeah, yeah. but you instead of blowing out yeah, while the point's sitting on the palate. Yeah, and and I brought that in, swirled around my mouth for like another second. And then after I swallowed, oh gosh, I so.
1: Were you excited? Huh? Yeah,
0: it did. I was like, all, it was like the first time I did awesome that. I, I, I was so excited. It, I, yeah. and, um, so what I tasted was like a barbecued red apple with a burnt caramel over the top.
1: That's interesting. We're yeah. gonna have to do that. We're gonna have to yeah. take an apple. Oh, it's and so barbecue good. It. Yeah, <laughs> well, we'll smoke it. And yeah, smoke you
0: barbecue up. it and then you. You put that caramel over, it, and then you burn the caramel over the top, and it just oh, it's so delicious. It, it's and you can get it over like at the fair.
1: We're gonna make them at my parents. Yeah, we'll probably the make them at your parents we'll because do I don't want my arteries down. to close up. When no we go Laura, to the We're gonna <laughs> test that that recipe of what <laughs> yeah. your olfactory yeah. brought to your brain. Yeah.
0: So that's what I got. I got that toward the front of my mouth, at the roof, at the top of my mouth. I I, I got it from there. It was, it was um, but that's that's what I got from it. Um,
1: very good points. You're talking about how it was the top of the roof of your mouth. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. A certain location in your, inside your mouth where that flavor went. Mm So that barbecue smokiness went to the top of the roof of your mouth.
0: It did. It was toward the front. It wasn't toward the back. Mm -hmm. And maybe it was like the front of my tongue and just my for some reason I could feel the liquid on the top of my mouth and I thought that's where it was coming from but yeah that's that that's what I got from it and maybe I'm being a little bit too deep maybe I'm being no
1: you're not actually that's really good because everybody has their own uh, way to describe
0: yeah yeah that's
1: what you're describing
0: yeah that's what I got from it but again I think I'm also real excited about this wine too
1: I you were saying the tip of your tongue did what
0: the well it wasn't the tip of my tongue it was it was like after um, the roof of your mouth yes, you says something about the tip yeah. of your tongue i was thinking that maybe like sometimes your is here. some sometimes your body will trick you um into feeling something or thinking that something comes from something but it really comes from something else like if you get your hand massage you're going to feel it in your back sometimes and and so when i let it sit in my mouth um it felt like the taste was coming from the roof of my mouth but maybe because just the liquid was on the roof of my mouth and maybe it's it so, my... so
1: what it is is it's it's grabbing you you it's in your mouth and it's like hitting all the liquid is hitting all the areas in your mouth yes the palate yeah. going everywhere you sw- swishing yeah. around yeah it's it
0: yeah and i let it sit for a second basically did, yeah
1: that's coating the palate yeah and one of my colleagues and I, when we were teaching classes mm-hmm. before covid mm-hmm. the, we when we would have basic uh educational points on how to hold your glass sniff and and smell and sip and all that, mm-hmm. we would talk about that what when you go to taste, what it's doing in your mouth and your palate, talking yeah. about the acids, the bitter, the salt, the sweet mm-hmm. that's what you're that's what you're speaking of,
0: yeah. Yeah, so I think maybe I was thinking it was coming that that taste was coming from the roof of my mouth, but it was probably coming from my tongue. You know, I'm I'm I'm, I'm guessing it is,
1: but all the flavor was just permeating yeah. within.
0: Yeah, from the roof mm-hmm. or something. Yeah. Well, it's going everywhere at that point. Yeah,
1: but it's setting off what's happening on your tongue, your palate. Yeah,
0: yeah, that's yeah, true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, you know. I'm, I'm so, still what do you rate guys. this wine? 4, <laughs> <What 0? laughs> rate four, four stars. Oh uh, man, I would at least,
1: I would give it a four star. I I don't want to say five. That's
0: well, it's it's hard. It's hard to give. Um, yeah, oh, oh, because well, it, five it, yeah. stars is saying
1: it's perfect. Yeah, it's correct. So, this wine is excellent.
0: Yeah, it is. But,
1: but I, you know, it, at the same time you're going to say a realistic viewpoint of something Mm -hmm. you're not going to say nothing's perfect no
0: it's not this was an excellent i'll never give a wine uh
1: and it was only 24.99 that's
0: i was going to ask what the price point it was
1: 24.99 so we're so brian and i are very impressed when we can get a bottle that's under 30 dollars and it has this amazing personality complexity Flavor profile descriptive of mm-hmm. itself. It, it's, it, it, it allows you to, to know it, know what the layers are within this mm-hmm. wine. Not every wine has that. Mm-hmm. Not every wine has this type of personality, mm-hmm. as we know. So yeah. it was quite big on its characteristics, but at the same time, it was real nicely balanced in the acid level the tannins were rounded it does have an oak presentation in the beginning so when you were talking about how when you first smelled Mm -hmm. it you're like kind of worried yeah that was the oak that was the level of oak and it Mm -hmm. was giving you it's like it's telling you it's going to be big Mm -hmm. but it needed time to release Mm -hmm. it's to present itself yeah so that was showing you the oak level right mm-hmm. there in the front, or yeah. the beginning of what you were experiencing yeah. with this wine.
0: So I, I'm going to say right off the bat that I think when you pay a cork fee at a restaurant, they should throw in a decanter. Yeah, and, they should. And, and, and they should tell you, wait for about uh, 10 minutes before you have this wine.
1: They should. That, <clears throat> that would be uh, something for restaurant uh, companies, so whether they be small little independent restaurants or big chain companies yeah because you're paying twenty dollars for them to open up your wine you're paying especially with red red wines you need to decanter them yeah it's the the wine needs the oxygen needs the oxygen to break up those positive and negative charges to release its aromatics to release the acids to move things around so that so that they're not seized up and they're not tight Mm Mm-hmm. So they can be relaxed. Mm-hmm. And Basically, it's like the wine is relaxed. It's ready to for you to taste what it's all about.
0: Mm-hmm. Now, aren't aren't there like little decanters you can put on the top of like a wine bottle and it aerates oh, the wine? Restaurants can
1: do all types mm-hmm. of things. That's a really good idea or a good point that you brought up. Restaurants can um, have like a Corvin. There's a there's a one of a kind. A tech or a tool that is for wine that's mm-hmm. called a corvin mm-hmm. they have little uh basically it allows you to pour out wine without opening mm-hmm. the bottle so you can go go continue to to age it or mm-hmm. keep it in your cellar whenever you want to taste it but the point is they have accessories and yeah. you can put little aeration pieces on the the tip of the device Mm -hmm. so it will decanter and aerate as it's pouring it into the glass so there's quick ways to do it in a restaurant yeah they don't have to do the traditional way you Mm -hmm. can do the traditional way but Mm -hmm. it's more costly to have those specialized tools that they have for wine Mm -hmm. um, accessories on the market for wine for wine enthusiasts basically
0: well but with a Corvin imagine how much they would save in those high-end wines
1: and, and that's, that's the whole point in a, in a restaurant that would work. Yeah, and at would. the same time, people will end up who are sitting there enjoying their meal are going to want to buy a bottle mm-hmm. instead of just having a glass, you yeah. know, say they have two or three or four people, mm-hmm. you know, safely, you could do that social distancing even right now. Yeah. Um, and you could, you could definitely uh, use something like a corvin There's... There's other types of, you know, wine enthusiast makes products, a rabbit, there's um, Venturi. There's, there's a lot of different tools on the market for wine accessories that a lot of decantering products, whether it be a little device that is adequately uh, equipped to do a, a decantering and, and basically it does it in half the time of sitting it on the table in a decanter for 30 mm-hmm. to 30 yeah. minutes minimum. It, it does it more uh it does it in a, a quick quick amount of time without mm-hmm. having to wait so many minutes basically yeah so it's a way to express that wine it definitely would be a great idea
0: uh, just just how i feel about it you know well it's it's...
1: it's it's a it's a good principle behind red wine
0: yeah yeah because you, you
1: want to let it open up it's yeah. decantering is is the key to express a, a wine
0: mm-hmm. yeah it, a it's red wine a, yeah well, again, you're paying uh, a twenty to twenty-five dollars for a corking fee, and I mean, you're paying someone to open up a wine, and uh, I don't know about you, but when I charge for labor, <laughs> it takes it takes me uh, sometimes it takes me an hour if I have a labor it takes me an hour to make twenty bucks, you know. But yeah. the restaurant makes twenty dollars and. In like a short, two minutes, a very yeah, short amount of time. yeah, yeah. So yeah. I know they're losing a sale on one of their wines, but they're getting but 20 with each bucks for someone. Party, the, yeah. it
1: would be worth it. Yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. So I, I don't know. I just think that they should throw in like in a decanter and
1: that would be
0: a and, great idea. And something we could bring up better. next yeah. time we go to restaurants. Yeah, restaurant, yeah. We're wine I'm not people. trying to start a, uh, a debate or anything. I'm just. I'm just spitballing here. <laughs> so
1: I want to talk a little bit about the blend facts of this uh, Brink Bride Sisters bread blend. I'm not
0: done. <laughs> no, no, I'm done. Sorry. Yes, you are. You're done. You are for done. For now. Um,
1: so it was a blend of Merlot and Cabernet Sauvignon. And the Merlot grapes were from Monterey and the McBride sisters use 67% Merlot to, to Cabernet Sauvignon from Paso Robles, 33%. So that was the percentage and the ratio that they used in this blend. And I was talking to you earlier, I find it so interesting that the percentages, like if they were to do 64% Merlot, you know, and, and make this more Cabernet you know a higher percentage like it would have throw- it would throw off the taste to what it would change the the whole taste of it
0: exponentially yes yeah, and
1: this this particular blend that they or the percentages that they came up with it was it's so i i i just find that fascinating like the mm-hmm. the way the vintner can do that, yeah, and they're they're tasting it during the fermentation process, you know mm-hmm. they're they're seeing what's occurring what's happening. And they're going along with the seeing how they're going to basically maintain and then finalize that recipe. Mm. And I just I think the the percentages they chose were amazing. Mm-hmm. And it really shows that their skill is just top notch. Yeah. These girls know what they're doing. Um, so I um, I find I found that um, the chocolate. There was a lot of chocolate notes along with that cherry. Mm-hmm. There was like deep, dark black cherry. And I and there was definitely notes of lush, just lush, deep, dark fruits. I got a bit of a red plum. Because towards the middle of the palate, after tasting it a second time, letting it sit on my palate, I got a little bit of a brighter acidity.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And then it led into a, a red apple. I think you brought that out in your taste as well. And then there was like a crushed... Pomegranate seed, which for me led into a a bit of a a slight salinity. Mm -hmm. And the salinity I I find when I taste wines from Monterey, the influence of the type of air and the salt they have in in the the climate, Mm -hmm. you taste a bit of salinity in the grapes. There's a couple of Chardonnays by some other vintners that I've tried, one is a Robert Lloyd. He makes um, Lloyd Wine Chardonnay. He makes uh, another wine called Rockview Chardonnay. And they're both from Monterey. Mm -hmm. And they have almost like a minerality to them, a little bit of salinity, Mm -hmm. almost reminding you of a more... Like if you're on the beach and if you've ever experienced walking on the beach and... You're you're smelling the salt in the air, but you're also tasting it on your mm-hmm. tongue as you walk through yeah. the beach. Yeah. That's what I get out of grapes that are grown in Monterey. It adds a bit of, of salinity. And in this wine, I got a slight salinity. Mm-hmm. The oak level, I touched on a little bit earlier when you were speaking of it. I also thought that the oak level was concentrated um, it was a combination of the style of being concentrated, but also intense. So you're tasting that predominant Oak level and the intensity is bringing in more of this like fruit that's paralleling with that strong Oak presentation. It's balancing out the Oak and the fruit and they're almost like standing side by side in flavor. Mm-hmm. So they're not canceling each other out, but you're tasting that perfect balance of the the, the two. Yeah. And um, we already talked about how we chilled it and we decanted it, which I felt just brought that wine to its full potential as far as what we got out of it. I'm
0: sure it would have tasted fine the other way, but I think when you decanter, you do that quick chilling, mm-hmm. let it sit for 10 minutes, get back to room temperature. I, I In my brain, I think it helps. I I, I don't know. Well, but... it's
1: something that we in we have learn that our palates like we Mm -hmm. like to put a slight chill on the red and most people maybe in the past the way that you would drink a red wine oh you don't chill it you don't chill Mm -hmm. red wine because back in you know centuries uh, during in the french you know like regions of of making wine they wouldn't chill their wine Mm -hmm. and new world puts that spin or that touch of let's chill the red wine Mm -hmm. we you know we have our own way we drink red wine it's not necessarily wrong it's something Mm -hmm. that we do here it's something what you learn you discover and you find that it actually is another tool to enhance a wine Mm -hmm. so it's trial and error sometimes is we've chilled red wines before sometimes being a reserve and we found that it didn't it, it, it work so yeah, it well disappointing. because it <laughs> yeah. was a re- certain yeah. reserves need to be warmer. Yeah. So you actually seize up that flavor because a reserve, some reserves that most reserves that we've tried, I should say <clears throat> need time to keep aging, especially when they're cab or Bordeaux style cab, even from new world, there's about uh, five years. They right? need to still age. These yeah. they need time to, to, they need some time. Mm-hmm. So a reserve, per se, we wouldn't suggest chilling it mm-hmm. when it's a red. Yeah. So we want to have that on the warmer side. Mm-hmm. But in most cases, a slight chill on a red wine has worked. Yeah. Especially like on a Pinot Noir. Oh, Pinot yeah. Noirs are great for that. Yeah, they are. So with this one, chilling it worked out fantastically. So I, I really felt that was a good move on this one. Um, I just want to go a little bit of the aromatics that I smelled. Also, um, I got warm spices first, so like cardamom, anise, and then it went into more of a savory for me. It went into like a sweet paprika, like a little hint of a little bit of a tanginess. Mm-hmm. But maybe it was because we paired it with the food that I made, which we're going to talk about in a little bit. Oh, but I didn't talk about that. We're going to get to that because this job, leads huh? up to it. I'm failing. The sweet paprika, <laughs> I think, was on my palate because of the food, which you'll talk about in a couple of minutes. Mm-hmm. Then when you're looking at the wine itself, and a good key to looking at a, 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 any color wine, whether it's a red wine or a white wine, no matter what varietal you take your wine and you kind of angle the glass over a blank piece of white paper and you can actually look to see how the viscous is the sugars or what's called the legs that you see kind of sticking to the glass
0: like the oils
1: yeah the sugars is it, it, so it's the sugars are burning off from the alcohol mm, so you okay. see those legs uh-huh. you see that right there yeah so if you if you um hold it over a a plain piece of white paper Mm -hmm. you can see the color so we the the color of this wine was like a deep garnet like red opulent very Mm -hmm. deep very lush you can tell it's loaded with fruit yeah it's already telling you setting up your mind what you're going to taste when you're looking at this wine You're looking at the color and it's showing you what it's going to be, what, you know, you're so anxious to taste it like, wow, Mm -hmm. this is going to be awesome. And it was, it was the taste on it was again, just briefly, I got like chocolate covered cherries savory which you went over also meaty you said it in your own way of the when you cook a steak and those juices that come through after it's cooked when it's the aroma yeah Mm -hmm. yeah and you want to remind us again what that term was called
0: um it's called mm, uh, my gosh uh a myoglobin Myoglobin. myoglobin which yeah when your steak uh, uh bleeds it's not blood it's myoglobin yeah. it's it's um it's when they freeze steaks um there's it crystallizes because i hate to say it everybody freezes their steaks it crystallizes and then what happens is the ice crystals it pierces the muscle tissues And that's what you see. You see the liquid form of some a muscle a tissue, which is the myoglobin. And that's so to go along
1: with that. That's for you. That's what came to your mind. That's what your olfactory brought out. When I tasted it, I so for me that translated meaty. Yeah. When I so I'm tasting the fruit. The first thing is I'm I'm getting notes of black cherry and all those things I was talking about. Red plum, crushed pomegranate seeds. Then it went into savory. Savory was for f- what I mean by savory is like spi- like herbs like it was earthy herbs like um, it was savory meaty herbaceous mm-hmm. so tarragon sage oil then the meatiness is the fatty like a, it's almost a, <clears throat> a bit fatty mm-hmm. it, there's some oiliness not overly oily but there is some oiliness to this wine so there's a lot of depth to this wine. And then on the finish, I got a smoky tobacco finish with mm-hmm. a peppery ending. The acids were medium, I felt. When we had our dinner, which you're going to talk about, the acids were more brighter. And then after you talk about what we ate, I'm going to go into the dessert and mm-hmm. talk about what the acids did on the palate with that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the last thing I want to talk about before we get into our dinner is the body of the wine. When I was teaching classes, we talked about the body of the wine and we translated that for our students. Um, liking it, liking it. Oh, I can't speak right now. You liken it to different percentages of milk. Mm-hmm. So when you talk about density, you can be talking about whole milk, um, 2% low fat half and half cream like Mm -hmm. so all those different types this to me was a dense wine likened to a whole milk Mm -hmm. fruits were loaded on the uh loaded and heavy on the palate with that density of that that type of if you can relate that in your mind whole milk density yeah that's the body that i got from this wine Mm
0: -hmm.
1: so you want to go into our uh dinner that we paired
0: yeah so um We were discussing the previous day, well, we should pair with, we didn't even know we were going to have this wine tonight. I just kind of said, I really want to do this tonight, and she said, okay. Um, But um, we're trying to decide between spaghetti or, uh, uh, I I want to say Asian stir fry, but um, it's a, a chicken vegetable stir fry. And I like to do stir fries. I love water chestnuts, and, uh, but only when they're cooked in sesame seed oil. But, so what we did is we paired this with um, a chicken vegetable stir fry. Made with uh, red bell peppers, and the red bell peppers were cut in a, what do you call it? Julian. A julian style, which is long strips. I didn't know that's what it was called.
1: And julian is on an angle, so yeah. it, it looks pretty when you cook your food. You're yeah. adding a presentation, all okay. flavor, but also presentation. Okay.
0: Did I, I cut them right, or did yes, I cut them did. wrong? Yes, you did. You cut them did? fantastic. Did I? They're very pretty. Uh-oh. That's so good sweet. Good job.
1: On your first <laughs> good Julian. Job.
0: Here's a star. <laughs> yeah.
1: On your first Julian presentation on yeah. chopping your vegetables. Yeah.
0: Your I, I, I wonder. I was going to ask you before, but yeah, I you thought you're gonna hit it me, out. you were going to hit me with a, a two you by four or something. going to you are having a bad evening or something. No, I had a bad day. <laughs> Not a bad evening. My, my evening was good because I'm here with you. Oh, you're so sweet. There we go. All right. Uh, Back to the mushrooms. Alright, so yeah, it was um, red bell peppers, uh, cut Julian style, which apparently I did okay. She's being sweet. I know they weren't perfect. Um, uh, Mushrooms, uh, string beans, water chestnuts, and um, fresh, fresh chicken. It was very fresh. And, uh, in fact, the feathers are still in the front door.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Cause I make everything from scratch. I'm just kidding. I'm
0: just kidding. But but the beak was still there. Um, (laughs) the, the, the the chicken was browned and then she browned it with, uh, um, a soy
1: sauce and
0: sesame seed oil. And And then she used another sauce as well when she was cooking in all the vegetables, Mm -hmm. um, she used a, it was from a Trader Joe's. It was called like a, uh, I can't remember what it was called. But the it's, it's basically a, a stir fry. Yeah. Sauce. It, yeah. It's a stir fry sauce. Um, swing and takes, uh, swing and, uh, sweet and tangy spicy sauce. Um, And it had chili pepper and a hint of garlic. Uh, And the
1: thickness, it was, it was a thicker sauce. So we think of, um, sauce, mm -hmm. you think of like the body of a sauce, right? Uh Yeah. So it was thicker. It was a little bit more like it sticks to the vegetables Mm -hmm. it sticks to the meat. So it coats it. Mm -hmm. And I felt like the texture of the sauce that Mm -hmm. we used paired also well with it, it, was a compliment to the wine.
0: It was. It was. I, it I went found, hand in hand. Yeah, I found so sometimes what I'll do is I'll take a bite and then I'll immediately take a swig of of wine or a swig of of whatever we're having that evening. Um, but on this one, because of the ch- ch- chili sauce, I let it sit for about twenty seconds and then I took my sip of wine um, because I didn't want that chili spiciness to hide a lot of the flavors that were in the wine. So I I, that's what I found anyways, Um, but um, as I said before, in a previous podcast that Jasmine she does a lot. She
1: she did
0: the shopping. You did the shopping for this.
1: Thanks to my
0: parents. Thank you, mom and and dad. You cooked, and. All I did was tell you what I wanted to do this evening. I wanted to do a podcast and I wanted to drink this wine. And, and I and thought it was a great idea. It's a big old oaf sometimes, mm-hmm. but yeah. So, but um, but yeah, she did an excellent job. It, it paired nicely. We did pair it with some jasmine rice. We used very little jasmine rice, um, but we wanted uh, yeah.
1: to taste mostly the vegetables and the yeah, meat. That's correct. The chicken.
0: Yeah, without Not, the starch. Yeah, yeah and the,
1: the, the jasmine is just a little hint, a little bit of jasmine flavor rice.
0: That's
1: yeah. it. Just to add a little compliment.
0: But man, this wine would be good alone.
1: Yeah, it, does, this, it actually, no. yeah, good point. Yeah. It doesn't need anything. You could just open no. this up and yeah. enjoy it.
0: And then we also enjoyed it with uh, a couple of little desserts here. And I'll let Jasmine go into that. Yeah, we always
1: end up trying it with a little sweet. Because we felt inspired (laughs) to eat chocolate because we love chocolate. If you haven't noticed, we love chocolate.
0: Well, we were walking through uh, Trader Joe's and...
1: As you know, as you can probably tell, we love Trader Joe's. Yeah,
0: we do, we do like Trader Joe's. It's like and I hopefully one Traders. of these days will be a sponsor for us. Uh-huh. You know, but oh, they will. Yeah, <laughs> I will make yes, them. Yes, <laughs> have full confidence. Yeah, but we were walking through and and I saw a chocolate and it said caramel on it. I'm I am a fan of caramel. I really dark am. chocolate covered. It's it's caramel. like yeah, my favorite ice cream is caramel ice cream with caramel ribbons in it and caramel. Chocolate chips <laughs> and everything caramel, and everything sweet. caramel. Yeah, it's it's my sweet it's my,
1: like my, you. Yeah, oh wow, I made a lot of money tonight. <laughs> <laughs> you're being so sweet. I'll give you $50 <laughs> if you're nice. In the podcast. <laughs>
0: you're adorable. All right. So we're going to go into the dessert. Um, so what do we have with this? Oh, what?
1: you just said we had the dark no. chocolate covered caramel.
0: I didn't say that. I just so, said I like, I like caramel.
1: Well, so I also picked up the dark chocolate covered caramels that you said you wanted a couple of days back. And I went in the store and found them. So we paired that with the wine and it went excellent. It brought out those decadent layers in this mm-hmm. delicious red blend.
0: I put, I put them in the freezer, so they were really We got to let that, that was, sit on our yeah. palate, let it come up to room temperature yeah. after the fact. It was, yeah, yeah, it was a little was...
1: hard to get into that caramel-covered chocolate. <laughs> but uh, it yeah. ended up being a really good pairing for mm. dessert. Sometimes you just need a little bit of something to pair with A wine like for dessert you don't need Mm -hmm. to have this big decadent piece of cake or Mm -hmm. cookies or pie or whatever but we we like to just have a little taste of chocolate sometimes chocolate comes to our mind because it's we're tasting those like luscious fruits and Mm -hmm. tasting chocolate maybe we're tasting espresso in the wine or coffee beans or Mm -hmm. something that's making you think chocolate. And for the most part, the wines that we end up really loving, like this one, is, pairs well with chocolate. Yeah. Well,
0: and we don't eat a lot of sweets. We don't. We, yeah, we really don't. So we, we have this we little eat... tiny bar of chocolate, and we eat maybe half of it in one night. Yeah. And I think I had only one or two of those chocolate caramel pieces. I, it's
1: just to, yeah. to see how it pairs and it went yeah, really nice.
0: It really did. And, and and really, the dessert was the wine. That, 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 was, yeah, that was the topping on the cake. It I had a
1: l- So again, it had a lot of fruit notes and mm-hmm. it didn't need anything. But it also allowed itself <clears throat> to be paired mm-hmm. with dinner. And I think we paired a fantastic dinner. This stir fry went perfect. Um, There's other dishes you could make. uh, When you guys pick up this bottle of McBride Sisters Red Blend, it's a 2017, the one we had, but when you pick it up, you're going to be inspired to either pop it open and just enjoy it, or something's going to come to your mind and your senses and think, oh my gosh, this is going to taste so good with Mm -hmm. whatever you fancy, so... Yeah. it's everybody uh, unique to their own palates and there's no right or wrong like I've said before so yeah that's the beauty of, of wine whatever draws you uh, to your own taste and what it highlights for you mm-hmm. that's what you enjoy yeah so mm-hmm. this is the
0: McBride Sisters uh, a, a Black Girl Magic it's a red blend you said 2000, uh, 2017, 2017. Uh, what's the ABV on that
1: I the, AB, the ABV is fourteen percent. It's fourteen yeah. percent.
0: Yeah. So, um man, you guys hit it. You guys hit it right on the nose. Yeah. You guys really did.
1: Kudos to Robin and, and yeah. Andrea. It's an awesome story that you have. If you, if you happen to be listening to our podcast one day, you, you we're we're inspired by the two of you and yeah. we're moved by your story. It. It means a lot. We don't know you personally, but we definitely would like to know both of you one day. And and maybe, maybe one day I can find my way to uh, meeting you and learning something from you. You guys can teach me something in the world of wine. Mm-hmm. And Brian yeah. too. Well,
0: we just we really appreciate the fact that you guys shared this with us. So, yeah. I mean, I, I and you guys didn't like give it to us or anything, but it's the fact that you well, guys shared it. They with put the world it on the everything market
1: everything. for yeah. people to try. Yeah. It's their passion in a bottle, that's. Something I totally relate to. All
0: right. And, um, so that's the McBride Sisters, a black girl Magic 2017.
1: Um. And you said you were going to talk a little bit about some other things <clears throat> on your agenda.
0: Yeah, I was going, you know, uh, I was going through things in the wine world, and some things catch my attention, other things don't. Um, so, in the state of Minnesota, in the United States, um. For one, I didn't know that Minnesota had wineries. <laughs> so they have That's about 90 wineries. A
1: pretty cool in factory, The state of Minnesota bring to our attention.
0: But they had a law, and the law was that in order to sell wine that comes from Minnesota, that you couldn't have under 51% of the grapes that are used have to be from Minnesota. So you can have 49% from everywhere else, but 51% of the grapes have to be grown in Minnesota. The problem with that is, is that because of their cold temperatures, the acids are high. And so what they like to do is they like to take um, wines from other areas, from warmer climates, uh, to balance that out.
1: To balance the acidity.
0: It is. And acidity acidity is strong. So if you even have, I'm going to say 30% of your grapes... Are high acidity. Anything beyond that is probably going to be uh, difficult to balance out, uh, unless you use a a warmer climate type of grape. And I'm I'm guessing I'm throwing a ball out there, but when I'm dealing with uh, plants and acidity,
1: in your field of expertise, that's correct. And
0: it's it's yeah, it can get it can get uh, difficult to control it.
1: Do you want it, to remind people what you do for the ones that might be listening tonight for the first time?
0: I'm I'm a certified horticulturist, and I'm an arborist. and um,
1: You I, work in the Coachella Valley. I so do. So you know this terroir climate and weather yeah. very well. Yeah. yeah. So this is a... Oh, and you phone. grew up here?
0: Yeah, I did grow up here. And um, we do grow a lot of, of, of grapes out here. Um, and so those... Yeah, those... Uh, our grapes are... I think the ones that we grow out here I know are table grapes they're they're not the grapes that you'd use for wine or anything like that, but but um yeah, so that I, yeah it, it's it's very hard to control acid after it's introduced. So they 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 do they have to do a mix. So there was a bill that was passed that um, wineries out in Minnesota. No longer have to stick with that 51% rule because they considered it unconstitutional, and also to to grow the grapes out in Minnesota was more expensive than to purchase the wines from other areas. So um, it's actually easier on the economy as well, and maybe these these vineyards, these uh, people creating wines out in Minnesota, um, they can. Um, Make, you know, everybody should be making a profit. Everybody should be, um, you know, living a comfortable life. And that's what you want. You don't want people just working their, you know, their heinies off for their whole life and not have anything at the end.
1: That's, you know, yeah, so not. there should be some end result for their yeah. hard work and what they've put mm. into their lifetime yeah. of something that they've inspired to start and continue and. And, and share with you know their their knowledge or whatever it is that they're inspired to do
0: mm-hmm. so I, I i just found it interesting that um for one i didn't even know that they had vineyards out there but um yeah in the state of minnesota um they are that i think that's a i i think that's a big hurdle i don't again i it don't know a, a lot hurdle. about the wine world but i think yeah i, I think that's big and um and uh, yeah, that's I, I just found it interesting and take what you want from it. Um <laughs> but yeah, it's one thing that went on and that happened uh yeah, that happened not so long ago. So other than that, I think that's all I got for this podcast. Yeah, we ran almost an hour. <laughs> yeah, no, that's good. I
1: think that's, <laughs> that's good. This is one of our longest podcasts that we've done so far. Yeah, but we were moved by these McBride sisters. Yeah. 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 It was exciting. It was, yeah, it was really, I really exciting wine to talk about. Yeah. And yeah. thank you for discovering it. No you know? problem.
0: I, I And I'm I'll... glad
1: I found it so that we could.
0: I'm glad it, Share was, this good. With I'm glad it was good. I'm glad it was good. listening I, to
1: our podcast.
0: Because you always worry about that. You always worry that um, well, someone boasts about it. something.
1: People can take it and, and use it and apply it. Or, nobody has to like it. And mm-hmm. Some people will love it. Some people yeah. will like it. Some people will like, oh, it's not really for me. But I think that most people are going to love this wine. I really do. I do. There's so many pluses to this wine. Mm-hmm. So if you have any comments or anything, uh, feel free to let us know, and we will get back to you guys on whatever questions or other information we can share with you. Yeah,
0: and we are on Instagram now. We do have Facebook now, and we have our own website. It's jasmineandbryan.com. That's up right now. We're going to be starting
1: a YouTube channel soon. We're going to be
0: starting a YouTube channel soon, so Um, we uh, we really appreciate you listening, and um,
1: we hope you... uh, tune into those other uh, what would you call them avenues to our podcast so oh yeah yeah so uh,
0: again anybody who listens we just really appreciate seeing the numbers we really appreciate saying oh someone from India like let us know too, what yeah. you
1: what interests you and we can always uh, do something a theme or uh, answer questions we could have a segment on on something that you guys really want us to share or talk about with you and we can uh, do that for you guys as well. So we look forward to it.
0: Alright, thank you. This is uh, Wine from on the Vine to the Road Road Tasted, tasted. and I'm Brian, and
1: this is Jasmine.
0: And uh, we'll talk to you guys soon.
1: Have a good one. Bye-bye. Bye now.